Howard Stern's beloved co-host, Robin Quivers. She's been shock jock Howard Stern's radio wing woman for over 30 years. Uh, she's Howard Stern's right-hand woman, but now radio personality Robin Quivers is stepping out of the studio. And for more than 30 years, Robin Quivers has been by Howard Stern's side as his news anchor and, of course, his foil. Hi, this is Robin, and you're listening to The Skeleton Crew. Welcome, Boneheads. It is here once again, the iconic classic, The Skeleton Crew Horror Podcast. The podcast that will tickle your funny bone and have you screaming for more. Exclusively at Horrorphilia.com with your trio of numbskulls, Jamie Sammons. I, 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 I like it. Dan Chase. I love fucking you guys, dude. Yo. And Alex Edwards. Yeah, asshole. Woo! You are now entering the bone zone. Elevator to hell going down! Ah, my stomach, I'm gonna throw up. Dan, turn your face. Oh, too late. <laughs> Jamie, how are you taking this? I'm cool. How many drops is this for you? 47. Wait, how many, I didn't ask you how many cats you had. I said, how many drops is this? <laughs> oh, free! <laughs> oh, okay, guys, we're here. Woo. Wait, are we back on L247? Or four? Wait, what is it again? LV426. Yeah, are we here again? Why would we ever come back? Oh, yeah, to do Aliens too. Never mind. <laughs> fuck all that, dude. Alex just puked in my face. What the fuck, dude? Yeah, dude. Well, Sigourney Weaver will wipe it off for you. She's good at wiping, like, dirt and shit off people's faces. Yeah, right. All right. <clears throat> Aliens, 1986. This is the sequel to the groundbreaking film Alien from 1979. Oh, wait, I did the joke already. That's okay. That's all good. It bleeds into this movie. And uh, this time, guys, it's war. This is a combat film. Combat action, not uh, suspense horror, and they—that is a deliberate thing, and it was done on purpose. Basically, not—it it actually it was done to show respect to Alien and not try to remake it and not try to, you know, top it in in that way or just kind of repeat it and do, you know, because it—it's <clears throat> the kind of thing you get stuck in this thing where it's like it's a direct comparison where you're just doing the same exact thing, so. It was actually a brilliant move to uh, up the ante that way. Yeah, dude, it makes sense, too, though, like, with the story. Like, what are they going to do? Have, like, the alien find another crew and just do the same thing as the first one? Like, it makes sense that they would call in reinforcements and, 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 do th- and go that whole angle with it. You know what I mean? Like, it definitely made sense. And having so many more, it still posed a threat, so it still worked. Right. Exactly. You know what doesn't make sense? Her going with them. Because yeah. fuck that mission. I've been there. I right. know what it's like. 
and you guys can do that if you want to, but I'll be right here waiting when you get Have that. fun, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. for sure. I mean, no, fuck that shit. Yeah, well, she has reasons. Uh, well, before we dive into this, let's just say right off the bat that <clears throat> this show is dedicated to the late, great Bill Paxton. He has always been one of my favorite actors of all time, mostly for dumb reasons. I mean, now I get to say I love him in frailty, but I got to admit, my whole life, I really didn't watch that, and <laughs> I still loved him. And the reason I did is because of movies like Terminator. He was like one of the cool punkers. And I love him as Chet from Weird Science. Oh, so good. Yeah. How would you two like... <laughs> Dude. <laughs> a greasy pork sandwich served on a dirty ashtray. <laughs> Wow, that dude, that was a good impression, bro. That sounded just like him, dude. Yo, I watched Weird Science the other day, man, and I didn't realize how much he's actually in that movie. It's yeah. fucking kind of awesome. And, dude, I just want to say, too, this is kind of like the whole reason why we were initially going to do this when he died. You know, we were like, let's do an alien show. And then we decided to coincide it with the alien day so it, everything kind of fit. But that was like the initial, uh, you know, conception of us doing the Alien Aliens show. Yeah. Thank God Alien Day is here now, right? It's here and gone, but yeah. <laughs> Near Dark, too. Near Dark is one of my favorites. Near Dark, dude, oh, right? He's in that, yeah. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> I love him as the car salesman in True Lies, also. One of the best roles of all fucking time, dude. What a scumbag he is in that movie. Dude, can I just, can we start, I know we've talked about this briefly before, but can we just fucking say how awesome True Lies is? Like, that movie is so fucking good, dude. Between the, the action and the comedy, just everything, dude. It's That movie is, like, one of my fucking favorites, dude. And his character is so good in it. So, yeah. that oh, when I top think notch, Pat, dude. Yeah, I agree. Yep. Alex, have you never seen Near Dark? I, I'm. I feel like I have by that name, but I just can't picture anything when I think about it. Uh, it's a vampire film, and the the interesting thing about that, and why you should watch it, is especially now, is because it was directed by Catherine Bigelow, right? Who was Cameron's wife, and it has not only uh, Bill Paxton, but also Vasquez. I mean, yeah, mm. is that her name? Yeah, <laughs> uh, and um, Lance Henriksen. Yep. Oh, yeah, with the creepy long hair? Does he have creepy long hair? I don't think Yeah, so. his hair is long and awkward in this movie. <laughs> it's, it's just so Oh, in this, this movie. movie yeah. Oh, they, they. Anyway, <laughs> so basically, and they were filmed kind of simultaneously, like one right on top of the other, basically. So um, Cameron used all these people in Aliens, and then she used all these people in Near Dark. So oh, wow. they're kind of they're kind of incestuous. In that way? Oh, this whole thing is... I mean, do you... The whole James Cameron thing is... Let's start from Arnold Schwarzenegger. I mean, he's the reason that we could thank him for this movie entirely. Because the only reason this movie is what it is... Is because Arnold Schwarzenegger was supposed to shoot Terminator. But he got the green light to shoot the sequel to Conan. Because Conan was a huge hit... And, you know, he was buddies with the guy who was doing the next one or whatever. Like, something really, you know, led him there. James Cameron really wasn't anything yet. And that actually plays into a lot of the behind-the-scenes politics here because 
a lot of the like the people in uh, the British crew that worked on this movie didn't believe in James Cameron at all. They were like, "Well, we want Ridley Scott. Like, who's this yank? You know." And meanwhile, he's like Canadian, and but they're like, "Who's this guy? What has he done?" Yeah, like all this stuff, and they had no respect for him at all. And it's only because they never saw uh, this the screening of Terminator. So, yeah. um, so Conan is shooting. Now, uh, James Cameron has, like, eight months or something to write uh, Alien, like, write the script. So he wrote 90 pages, and then he had to go do Terminator, because now Arnold's ready. Mm -hmm. Fox did this whole thing where they actually waited for him to come back, which, like, never happens. Like, nobody waits for anybody. Everyone's expendable, and nobody's important in this business. But for like this will never happen again. But Fox waited for him and said, "We love it so much, we would rather you finish it out. And if you do a really spectacular job on Terminator, then we'll let you direct it too. So we'll see how good you are with Terminator." And this was just when he was getting started. Like, dude, I can totally see that today. Like James Cameron is fucking right up there. But that was back in the day. Like when you just said, like even the crew like didn't even know who the fuck he was or, right. or didn't have faith in him. That's wow, dude. That's that's pretty bold, dude. F Fox makes some fucking pretty bold decisions. I I have nothing but the utmost respect and admiration for for James Cameron. Like I've always been a majorly mm -hmm. huge fan of him. I know, like, you know, people have whatever thoughts. And, and even if you think Titanic's, like, some, you know, sissy movie or whatever, I mean, it don't matter. The way it was directed, it was shot beautifully. Everything was conveyed perfectly. And it would, and it would, it would brought it to life, man. When that thing was going down and everything was popping loose, like, that shit, like, seemed real, dude. And, and people uh -huh. had no problem. It was, like, the biggest. I mean, people couldn't watch it enough. And then you take Terminator 2, you you could just say that alone, and we're done. And you could say right. Aliens, and we're done. And you you know, there's so many movies, Terminator, you could say, and we're done. Like, you can't... Oh, great. Well, that was a short show. I'll see you. All later. right, see you. All right, guys. Well, uh, <laughs> love you. Dude. Like, you know, like, you can't... You can't fuck with James Cameron. And I know that a lot of people don't like this new movie he made, uh, that Blue People movie. I don't know what it's called, but... Well, <laughs> the blue people movie. Oh, Avatar, yeah. Yeah, Avatar is whatever though. But even Avatar was like a big fucking thing the way he filmed it. Like that's right. just never before. He's constantly, <clears throat> he's constantly breaking down all the fucking uh, everything, all the barriers, all that kind of shit. And dude, actually, Titanic is really how I went back and realized, you know, that he. He did Terminator, Terminator 2, and all that kind of shit. Like, I was never a huge James Cameron fan until I realized who he was, and then I, I started appreciating, you know, directors and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think I mentioned this before, but um, my town has a uh, the Woods Hole Oceanographic Institute, and they did a lot of the stuff. I, I believe they built uh, the, the thing that they used to go down to the Titanic and shit. So he was in my town a lot. So Titanic is actually how I was, like, introduced, and, like, that piqued my interest. Like, oh, wow. And then I realized he did Terminator. Too, which is like one of my all-time favorite movies, dude. And we'll come back to that because like the, the similar music in this towards the end. What weird metal hitting sound, right? And then dun dun. Yeah, dude, it's fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah that dun 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 dun. Yep. Like you can almost hear some of that in some of those cues. Yeah. It's almost like the same exact thing. I could be wrong, but it's very similar, dude. And oh, I yeah. love it, man. Okay, dude, yeah, talk can... about similar. Wait till we get to the similarities of Terminator and this movie. Like, even in the relationship between 
Sigourney Ripley and and the guy who plays Kyle Reese and in here he's Hicks but there he's Kyle Reese and and uh, Sarah Connor like it's almost a parallel it's like so weird but it's it's cool there's no problem with it they're two different worlds so <clears throat> it ain't like Alien vs Terminator you know and they both kick so much fucking ass, dude. That's the thing, like, that they're completely different, yeah. And like you said, like, he uses some of the same actors and stuff like that. But, like, god damn, dude. Uh, both movies definitely stand on their own. And they're just both so good, dude. I know. Dude, it's, it's hard to believe that one guy did all this. You know, and James Cameron is obviously a genius filmmaker, but... He, would, he just had no idea how to be very sensitive to, you know, cast, crew, act, you know, nobody. Uh, so he was, he's sort of difficult to work with. He has, like, really uh, tunnel vision when it comes to his visions. And he, he somehow he just seems to know everything he wants. Like, it would take me years just to, like, flesh out one of those scenes in this movie. And it took him, like, you know, a day or two. Yeah, in interviews he seems very smart. Yeah, uh, but so what you saying is it's kind of hard to work with, like he's an asshole. Well, yeah, but wasn't no. the other guy too? Ridley Scott wasn't really the greatest guy to work with either. So it's like all these geniuses are assholes, you know. Mm-hmm. The movie had an eighteen million dollar budget, and if you remember in the last show, the other movie went from four point two to eight point four once they saw the storyboards of Ridley Scott. So now they threw ten more million at this, and guess what? They wanted to save one of those millions, and guess how they were going to do it? Oh. They were going to cut Sigourney Weaver out of the movie. What? Wait, like her pay? That That's what it was? Well, this whole movie was written around her. What? They told Jim Cameron that they have her just write the movie with her in mind, so he wrote the whole thing around her. Meanwhile, there was no deal set in or anything. Oh, wow. Yeah, she said for the return of this, and she went heavily over this script, like, oh, uh, you know, Ridley wouldn't, I mean, Ripley wouldn't do that, Ripley wouldn't do this, she would never blah blah, and they debated things, and she, you know, she, she backed down to a couple things, like, uh, there were like three things that she wanted from the movie, yeah, one of them was that she would die, she didn't want to use guns, and she would make love to an alien. <laughs> Believe it or not. <laughs> are, you, are you being serious? No, but look, in part four, I mean, isn't that sort of what happens? Like, yeah, like, she has them in her body. Or, oh, part three, I guess, right? Well, look, real quick, so she's demanding shit. Let me ask you a question. Did Ghostbusters come out at this point? 84, I think, was Ghostbusters. So, right. So, so Yeah. So I was just curious because, yeah, she obviously did did a few movies in between a couple of she's demanded shit. <laughs> right. Now, Jamie, you know, they do a lot of, you know, it, it, this does seem distant enough from the first one. So do you think there would be any chance of success in this movie without Sigourney Weaver? I don't know. I, I don't. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. It would have. It, it's hard to say. But I think people still would have seen it. But ooh. Ooh. It's, it had to. It would have had to have gone a completely different direction, Ooh. and a lot of it would be totally different. And because right. she is a huge part of this film, mm. so I, I think it probably would have had some initial success. But I don't think it would have endeared itself to people right. as it has. And clearly, I mean, she has become one of the best-known female badasses in right. film history. So, uh, there's I think, that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, exactly. There's that. I mean, it pretty much defined her 
you know, I plus because of this, she got to do this really badass Saturday Night Live skit called Aliens's. Um, oh, that was fucking great. After this movie came out, which I just, I, uh, that was, that was really funny. Cause it was just like, um, the, the whole premise was that, that, you know, there was another alien movie come out. And so since it was alien, aliens, aliens, the aliens is, <laughs> and she, in the, throughout the skit, she kept trying to take off her clothes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cause that's what she does. And they're like, in every no, no, movie. no, 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 no. No, 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 no! You don't have to do that. She's like, "Oh, it's time for me to get in my underwear," you know. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really funny, but I didn't I, see that in a while. Yeah, you're right. That was great. Uh, I actually watched that when it originally aired. Yeah, you know, you know what the real answer is. Who cares? The real answer is let's just all say that we are all very happy that she is here, right? I mean, that's yeah, all. For that's real. all that matters. Uh, and we're all happy James Cameron is the guy who directed it. I mean, right? Because just think, he was he was right. He had to rewrite Terminator because they were about to shoot it. He was writing Rambo 2 and Aliens at the same time. He was writing three movies at the same time at one point of his life. Like, how crazy, dude. Like He wrote Rambo 2? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't that just crazy? How could a guy be so good at writing and directing? Like, you would think all your energy could only go into one or the other. I mean, what the fuck? This guy ever go to sleep? Well, I think don't let her. Goes... Don't let him hear you say that. He already believes that about himself. I right, yeah. I don't that's care, Jamie. <laughs> there are people who have egos that do absolutely nothing. So you're gonna tell me? <laughs> I don't give a shit what kind of. I don't care if he walks around saying, "Call me God." Yeah, it's almost justified. Yeah. Well, no, my problem. Well, my problem with that comes in when he can't edit himself. When he is, when he thinks every little frame of celluloid he shoots is the best thing anyone's ever seen. It is. And I mean, you have to. You have to be able to know that it amazing you have to be able to edit yourself you have to be able to know that every single idea that you have doesn't have to go in every single movie and those are the problems that i have with him jamie said you know i, I think it was on the last show she was there was some kind of confusion with me and her she said about not watching the director's cut or one or the other and we were confused then she said i believe there no i meant don't watch this one on director's yes. cut okay yes well guess what you watched it and you loved it. Love every second. Oh, it was so much better. Do you realize you don't even know why? How is it better? Because you don't even know why you're going to that planet. You know, like. I know, and, and there are a couple things in the director. I will. I mean, I agree with you. There are a couple of things in the director's cut that would have helped this film tremendously. Yeah. But the wait, problem wait. is that are... there are also several things in the director's cut that drag it down it it sort of stalls the action it um it just i don't know it like puts a pin in what's going on and then you sit there for an extra amount of time that you don't need i feel like it it's it stumbles see like even then i don't think he edited himself properly like i think if he had put in the things that needed to be put in and then was able to restrain himself from putting in the extraneous bullshit then it would have been more streamlined yet it would have explained things a little bit better so <laughs> what i would like <laughs> Bless you. um <laughs> what i would like it's a hybrid, a hybrid of, <laughs> of both cuts. Yeah, 
<laughs> well, that's always, everybody always says that. Just like, you know, you wish you could take Star Wars and take some of the improvements in the backgrounds and, and take, you know, some of the normal stuff with original releases and put it, like, no one ever seems to know, you know, once they're doing it, like, oh, I'm going to go all out then. But, you know, I got to tell you, both movies, Alien 1 and 2, I will never, ever watch anything besides the director cuts because I didn't feel any of that stuff. Maybe, like I said, I'm just a big Jim Cameron fan. I just never thought about it. I never talked about it. But, yeah, I guess I am. So I Hmm. love it. There's that whole scene with Bill Paxton that I can't stand on the carrier on the the whatever when they're on the trip and he's like, oh, the – what is it, like – Big sticks, long sticks, pokey sticks. I don't know. Yeah, Yeah, he's like trying to be all macho. I don't know. Yeah, I hate that part. And people are – there are actually probably a lot of people out there right now who – because as soon as people knew that we were talking about this movie, Mm. I got hit with, oh, Jamie's favorite. Oh, Jamie loves this movie, you know, all (laughs) sarcastically. Because people (laughs) are aware that I historically love Alien, hate Aliens. And my reason has always been that Alien was a a seminal, perfect horror film and that Aliens threw the horror out the window and turned it into an action film. And that pissed me off. So, and everyone, everyone's aware of that. Like, I know that. So when I watched, not for the show, but maybe about a year ago, Brian made me watch Aliens because he loves Aliens and loves it and Mm. so he made me watch it but we watched the director's cut and i'm just trying to drill my eyeballs out the whole time i'm just like god damn it i hate this so much (laughs) and the i just um (laughs) no like i couldn't stand bill paxton and i i couldn't stand vasquez i still hate vasquez that is one of my least favorite characters in anything ever so I like hate it, hate it, hate it. Well, then this time when we watched the film for the show, we watched the regular version because I'm like, I'm not doing that again. You can't make me. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it. Ain't gonna happen. And Ain't gonna do what it. I discovered is it's not that bad. I mean, it's it's actually pretty good as an alien. I mean, as an alien, as an action film. And I think what made me hate it more than I would have initially was some of those scenes that were in there that I just couldn't st- like that scene with Bill Paxton really made me dislike his character but you take out that scene and I still don't I'm still not crazy about him um honestly I just I love Bill Paxton but you think he's a little bit of a belly acre in the movie yeah he is he I mean he's just you know he's doing that whiny cry face all the time and and you they, know did you see that they even made a, a figure of him recently and he has the whiny cry face face as an option <laughs> <laughs> like you, you could literally pop off his combat face and put the whiny face on his head. That's awesome. I love it. Can you believe um, that? But what I did discover is, if you take out some of those scenes, it's not that bad. And I actually discovered that. Um, I mean, I'm going to virtually retract my years of bitching uh, when I say that there are actually a couple of scenes that work really well as far as tension and horror. And one of those is the scene where Ridley, a uh, Ridley, yeah. <laughs> Ripley, <laughs> he needs to um, Ripley and Newt are trapped in the room. I have Newt. 
was the face hugger in the room with him. I think that scene works really well. It's amazing. So I, I actually, when we watched it this time, I opened up my eyes a little bit and decided to give it, a, you know, a really solid chance. And I think what it is is if you, if I don't watch the director's cut, if I watch the theatrical cut, it actually works out better for me. Yeah. Well, there you go. There's everybody can watch their favorite version. That's the beauty of it all. You oh, know? That's true. That's true. You love the director's cut, so yeah. you can watch that all day long, and that's about how long it'll take. <laughs> that's, uh, it's you know honestly, it's funny you say that. Thirty-seven minutes longer or something. No, like that's that. nothing I, though. That's nothing. Think about it. All these new movies that Dan watches all the time, like Iron Man and Avengers and all this other bullshit. That's all three. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. <laughs> all this. No, no, I watch it too. But I'm saying it's all three hours long, dude. When have you walked out of the theater lately without being there for three hours? I mean, that's like the normal thing now. Whenever there's some, like, I'm sure King Kong was three hours. I'm sure. No, I think it was only it was only two hours or maybe two and a half. I don't think it was two. I think it was only. Peter Jackson's was though, yeah. Yeah, Peter Jackson's crazy. But, um, <laughs> but right. my point is that that has become the new standard. Like, it's no longer this 90-minute uh, thing. It's always... Well, I mainly watch horror, and horror films aren't usually that long. I mean, they don't... Yeah, but I watch everything, so, yeah. So, uh, my point being that that director's cut to me is just like a normal movie now, is my point. Okay, so, like, there's uh, differences here. Like, for example, Giger was not asked to come back to create the queen alien and instead jim cameron designed it with uh this other guy and they just kept going back and forth till they ironed out everything perfectly and giger wasn't here for anything so the aliens do look different so do you guys feel that this movie suffered from and also you gotta remember the inside of the thing where it looked almost the same as the inside of the you know ship before with all that, like, the bones and the black, and it looks like skin or whatever, as the walls and stuff. Now, do you feel any of that stuff is lessened because Giger wasn't there? No. No. I think for for the action stuff, they probably had to go a different way with it. Um, I'm sure that worked for the first movie perfectly, but I actually like the look of the alien more in this movie. Like, you, just because you see more of it, and you see it moving more, and just to see its movements, like, at the end, when it's fucking getting sucked out with that big machine, how it's fucking crawl, trying to crawl up and shit. Right. Dude, that, to me, was, like, the best. Like, and don't get me wrong, like, the first one was dope as fuck, but you just get to see him do more in this. Or her. And they look different. Like, when, when Hicks puts his head up and looks at them walking over, like, they all look completely different than that guy, the right. original, uh, what's his name? Uh, Xenomorph. I like it better in this. I don't know. Well, I guess they're not humanoid at this point. Like, I don't know what they... Oh, they should be, though, because didn't they all... Isn't the whole point in the movie that they had people colonized there, and then these aliens took all these people, and then put them in the cocoon, and then impregnated them? Like, so they should all seem... You know, for all intents and purposes, they should all look like part one, right? I mean... Mm. And, and yeah. they could have. They had the model, I'm sure. So it's not like they couldn't. They just didn't. 
don't forget too, you know, and we talked about the evolution of the alien. How many years have passed? Fifty-six, I believe, something like that. Fifty-seven, I think, something like that. So maybe, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe that has something to do with it. I just thought I'd bring that up. Like, um, maybe they fucking evolved a little bit because we were talking about how quickly that the evolution is for those guys from from point A to point B. So I wonder if from then to now they change more, or if that could be like an excuse, you know? They evolved in brains because now you know you gotta remember that alien and an alien was a baby i mean it was 24 hours old right like i don't we all know it's absurd that it grew to full size and we talked about that already so you know we got nowhere with that but you know uh (laughs) at least now they're showing uh intelligence like they're figuring shit out like even bill paxton's like cut the power how the fuck can they cut the power they're animals you know but <laughs> exactly. I, I don't know. I still wouldn't know how they learned to do that, but whatever. They look good. I actually prefer the alien from the first film. I like the sleekness of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I love that because the way how sleek his head is, I just want to touch it. Yeah. I just, it, it looks Does like. Does it look like a dolphin's? I was going to say, yeah. Like it reminds dolphin. me of, it, that's exactly it. It reminds me of a dolphin and I want to reach out and touch it. And um, <laughs> with, this with these you know they're very different but i also love the way they move right um whereas in the first one you know you got him going bah, you know um <laughs> yeah well, that's kind of weird when he reached out to grab hutch or whatever yeah and it worked in the first awkward. film you know, looking back on it you know yeah but <laughs> you know what the james cameron thing he's like a great version of michael bay like everything people complain about Michael Bay, he, Jim Cameron does it right. So just just seeing something yeah, like, like that. Michael Bay talent is what <laughs> I would phrase it, Alex. I would phrase it as Michael Bay is a shittier version of James Cameron, though, not the other way. You know. <laughs> ah, there you go. There you go. Respect. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like you should appreciate Cameron because. When you take someone like Michael Bay, you're like, oh, yeah, you're right. James James Cameron does do it right. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're right. Yeah. But on on this movie now, James Cameron has another tie-in in in his life, and it's it's opposite from Alien. Uh, We said Jerry Goldsmith did Alien Score, and this movie was James Horner, and he did Terminator, he did... uh, uh, Titanic and and here's here's a crazy story about him doing Titanic and Aliens with James Cameron Um, so he was hired to score this movie and it was a living nightmare like they were shooting dude while this guy was supposed to be scoring they had a certain amount of weeks which is impossible like six weeks I think the movie was going to be released in six weeks and he didn't write a note of the score yet and he was up for 36 hours at a clip because they they even changed the movie they edited stuff at the last second and they were complaining like well why can't you get this and then they even like said shit to him like well we'll get someone who can like this girl Gail who was like the producer like they were being hard asses but obviously that didn't happen and he was he literally had to write this in like a day like some of the scenes were done in one day and stuff like that and and there's a whole orchestra and stuff that he writes for you know like it was a major undertaking and it was a living hell and because of it and the way everything was such pressured and this and that the other thing um 
he d he did not work with Jim Cameron again. He's they both agree that life's too short to have this kind of whole thing that they went through to make this movie, and eleven years he did not work with him again until, until Titanic, Titanic, right? Yeah, ninety seven. Yep. Damn. And that was only because he felt he could. He felt he had the perfect score in his mind for this movie just hearing about it thinking about it daydreaming about it and right. he said i have to do titanic i know exactly what you know and and look what he did it was perfect dude i love the fucking music in titanic you know how i said james cameron often uh, comes into my town celine dion actually lives in my town she has a house here isn't that weird i wonder if that had something to do with it uh, yeah well, yeah maybe maybe, maybe they were yeah. all there hanging out <laughs> yep. Yep. so um the one last thing to talk about before we really get into like the movie is just uh, the different designs we talked about. Nobody was really here from the first movie, so the last thing was the designer of the spaceship. And what do you guys think about um, his name was Sid Mead? What do you guys think about that he made the spaceship look like a giant uh, gun? <laughs> Yeah, I dug all the fucking spaceships. Like the the even the space station, dude, near Earth. First of all, too, like you know how we're talking about the world building and and trying to figure out the rules and and whatever of of what the first one set up. Um, damn, dude, the second one right out the gate, like showing you know basically Earth, not on Earth, but like oh yeah, right with that right cutaway. Dude, yeah, that space station and shit like that, dude. I thought all of that shit was dope. Even the first shot of the of uh, of that spaceship rolling up and how it gets gobbled up by the by the other ship there, um, I thought was fucking dope, dude. I thought the look of everything in this was fucking perfect, dude. And you know what's crazy? It's like I think about stuff like that, and automatically I think of that fucking opening scene in Terminator 2. Like, dude. This is made in the fucking 80s, dude. Terminator 2 is made in the 90s. Like, right? so. Dude, some of that shit, yeah, some of that shit is so much better than fucking even today, dude. Like, those scenes are so fucking awesome looking, dude. I just, I love it. I love it. James Cameron is so good at that shit, bro. Oh, my God. He, thank God this went to him. Like, oh, it could have been, like, some freaking, oh, I didn't even want to think. <laughs> we'll go back to Roger Corman. It could have been Roger Corman. <laughs> we'll just yeah, keep right? throwing it all on him whenever something could have been bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's like... These spaceships, though, when I was looking at them, I'm, I'm starting to think, like, aren't there really, like, 12 people here? Like, why do these things have to be so fucking gigantic? And that occurred to me because they said how much money the other spaceship cost when she was on that, uh... Right. When they were all doing the trial or whatever, the sort of trial, whatever you call it, uh, exposition. Can, can I say something about that, though? I'm getting so many words wrong during these reviews. Go ahead. No, 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 you're right, though, but yeah, her, her deposition, of, deposition as to why yeah. she lost all the money. <laughs> I love how they're like, yeah, but we're not going to bring up criminal charges either. I did like how they did that, though, like talking about setting up rules and stuff like that. Like, it seems like if she w wasn't held accountable, at least on some level, like, and clearly, like, they're the assholes that, you know, just care about money and, and, and exposing things like that. But, yeah, like, suits. Yeah, I, but I did like how she had to go through all that bullshit, and and I thought it was good for the story too, as to why they went back and all that kind of stuff. Now I don't know exactly what you were talking about with the director's cut, because I thought, saw the theatrical version of both, and now I'm just like, oh man, I feel like I missed something. So maybe I should check those out uh, for better or worse. Oh yeah, depending on, who, depending on who, which one of you guys I agree with. But um, I I thought that whole aspect of it, and that was pretty early on in the movie. I thought it was a great angle to go because they could have just like. 
easily glossed over all of that, dude. And the fact that they just dove right into it and and provided like some story, man, like gives you a reason, takes you out of that, that like, oh, we're deep in space setting for a second. Like I said, brings you right back to Earth, so to speak, like literally, really right back to Earth. I just love well, that. No, they weren't. Scenario. They weren't on Earth, actually. That was uh... right next to it, though. But just right, right outside, yeah. right on. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I like how they changed it up and then, yeah, they went back again. So obviously they're, they're out there again, but I did like how they set up like a world like, okay, yeah, we're not just out in space randomly. Everybody's drifting around and you know, there was yeah, like, there is some come someone to answer to or something. Yeah. So exactly. I, I really dug that dude, especially this time around when I watched it for the show. I don't know why, but I was like, I really like that angle. I'm glad that they, they explored that aspect of it because I think without that, it would just feel like, I said kind of like lost in space like oh we ran into these people you know what I mean it's just I don't know that was good mm -hmm. what do you guys think of uh, they give uh, Ripley uh, instant character depth by you know she wakes up 57 years later and her daughter's dead already you know yeah, that sucks <laughs> that's again that's to you know give more isolation feeling to the character and you know, there's another movie that you guys probably don't like. Uh, I, I haven't found anybody who does like it. I love it, but nobody else likes it. It's called Vanilla Sky. Do you ever hear of that? Have I heard of it? Oh, you did? Okay. So oh, absolutely. We've talked about this before, haven't we? I love Vanilla Sky, bro. You do? Yeah. Wow, I never met anybody who likes it. Yeah, I got the Blu-ray and everything. I love it. I think it's done so well. And uh, one of the greatest parts of that movie is at the end... Remember when... Oh, spoilers, guys. If you haven't watched it now, I think it's 2001, so whatever. Yeah, yeah, we're good. <laughs> Tom Cruise is up on top of the building, and he's given the choice. Do you want to wake up in reality, or do you want to just keep sleeping? You know, when he keeps sleeping, he could have this whole world with Penelope Cruise and stuff. And then he says, well, uh, you know, he, I think he asks, like, what am I waking up to and stuff? And then he, he gets the reality, and he says... Um, about Penelope Cruz's character, he said, uh, she's been dead for 300 years. Yeah. So, and doesn't that just like, isn't that, doesn't that have so much weight to it? She's been dead for 300 years and you just stand there and you think about that for a second? Like, one day we're all gonna be gone for like 700 years. And oh, yeah. this world will keep going on and our shows will drift into nothing. Nobody will hear this. Nobody will know we existed. Our tombstones will be dust, probably. Like, we won't even exist. You know, everything seems so important now. You know, all this bullshit that you think is so important, it's gone. <laughs> it's nothing. It's nothing. <laughs> that, that was so good when she did that. That whole um, hypersleep thing, I mean, that, first of all, one one of the main things, and I did think of this before, but just even more so now, because it was what you said, fifty-seven years. Mm -hmm. How, what are these motherfuckers eating? I don't think you need to eat. What do you? How does that work? I don't think you crap or eat or piss or anything. I don't know. How does that work though? We like, gotta ask Ridley Scott. I know, dude. It works because it's science fiction. <laughs> I don't buy it. Fiction. It's <laughs> bullshit, yeah. Okay, know, that's just, the thing that you're calling bullshit on in these movies. Yep. <laughs> yeah, can you believe the things that we're picking out? Because I, I want to get, no, let's get into this though, because first of all, okay, I just want to go on record and say that I have never liked Paul Reiser in anything, but 
this is the no, the one movie that he's tolerable because he's the asshole that I see him as in my head at he's all a times. Right. Yeah, yeah, he's a fucking douchebag. So yeah, so I, I just want to say that. But when he is talking to her, he's like, "Oh yeah," he's like, uh, "You barely made it or whatever." And I'm thinking, "Barely made it?" I'm like, "Well, wouldn't wouldn't she barely have not made it if she fucking didn't eat for fucking fifty seven years?" I dude, I don't eat for fucking four hours and I'm famished. Exactly. I'm already getting lightheaded just talking to you guys because I haven't eaten since we started. <laughs> That's a uh, contact bro. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so I could thank you for that. You saying that made me think, why is her dream with the uh, incomplete chest buster scene, why is it so accurate? Yeah, like how does she know him already? She already knows him. He said 57 years. Um, there was just a couple things that are just a little too accurate. And remember how, how we said, like, sometimes movies try a little too hard to lead you in the wrong direction? Like, do you think that that's a little compromised because of that? Uh, I, I call bullshit on that scene. When I saw it again, I was like, that makes no sense. <laughs> and there's really no way you can be like, oh, well, I, the only thing you could possibly say is there was a scene where he came in previously that we didn't see beforehand. And, and gave her this information. Gave her that information, but it doesn't show that. So that leads us to believe that, uh, I don't know, <clears throat> bullshit. One of the main reasons she decides to even go on the planet is because she's having these nightmares and they're haunting her so she feels that she has to confront it if this is the case wouldn't she have had those nightmares for 57 years in that in that sleep she was in like does that mean you don't dream either you don't eat you don't shake you don't don't you don't dream okay (laughs) right well at the end newt says can i dream and she said i think we both can now or we all can or we both can or something whatever she says but you can't piss, honey. But you. So can when dream. she goes to put her into sleep, you know they they actually bring up dreaming. Oh, okay. Uh, Dan on the last show compared Ash to Michael Slowbender <coughs> because they were both like cyborgs or whatever. <laughs> so now we got Lance Hendrickson. <laughs> Slowbender. <laughs> now that was it's I did that so one on purpose. Stupid. <laughs> I just wanted to be you an did? asshole. You did? I never would have guessed that. No, I really did believe it was Slowbender. <laughs> I figured, hey, at least let me make this work for myself with these stupid. Michael Metalbender, as <laughs> Mike Dito. Yeah. Um, now let's put, let's do a try. Fuck them again. We got Fastbender. We have Hendrickson, and I don't know the real guy, so we'll say Ash. So. In home is the real guy. I'm going backwards. I, I think they got better as they kept trying. I, I agree with that. Yeah. So so wait, 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 wait. So you, you just glossed over something big. So Prometheus, man, because we have to talk about uh, your, your viewing of Prometheus. What did you think of that? Oh, Dan, there's no time. No bullshit. No, real quick. Do we have to? Uh, what you. I think of it is this. I think it was a solid movie. It was interesting. The only thing that there was no, to me, no major climactic ending to it at all. I mean, I guess the guy killing a few people is supposed to be the big part, like climax. But to me, it wasn't. And basically, to me, Prometheus is a in-between episode in the sense that I don't think it's going to be complimented until the next one comes out. So, Agreed. Yeah, so to me, it just it's uh, it's a setup movie more than a, a real movie. Like, I, I don't think anybody would feel as complete watching that as they would watching Alien or something like that. Okay, but you did like Fassbender's character then, obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yep. But I agree with your your ranking too. Yeah, that's how I would rank him as well. Jamie, same or no? 
Uh, Henriksen is my favorite. Then I gotta go Ash because, or in home, um, just because <laughs> that's Bilbo. What that shitting grin he had on his face? That's nostalgia. No, I just love his character, but um, or I love the Bukaki party. That's a great character, but yeah. <laughs> love <the> clam chowder <laughs> blood. How about Hendrickson's intro? I actually cry for a synthetic person at the end of that film. So. Oh, I am dying laughing when his body. <laughs> oh, I know when he goes flying across the floor. Oh, you know, that is funny. That is, and I laughed too. That is the funniest shit. It it's so sad because he sacrifices. Just rolling around with half a body. I don't know what's funnier when he gets ripped in half or when he's rolling sliding down the thing. I mean, when he's sliding down is so. When he's good. sliding down is very funny. Oh God, that is classic. She's like Ash. Ah, it's like half a dude. How, how about his intro? Uh, the way he does his thing with the knife game. And believe it or not, as a kid, I remember that that knife thing i almost wonder if i've seen this movie uh, as a kid I pr- i'm sure i have because i remember that whole knife game with the fingers and um how about that amazing intro man to his character not the knife in itself but the way he checks and his hand is cut and the look on ripley's face when she sees that white shit coming out of his hand is amazing. Like, dude, she earned every single penny of that million dollars to be in this movie. Well, I mean, talk he, about acting. And he, dude, Al, I'm so glad you said that though, because you're talking about Prometheus and how you you don't feel it'll be complimented till the next one. And I totally agree with that. And I feel like that was uh, somewhat uh, intentional with this movie as well, dude. You get so many cool callbacks. I agree. That, I feel like Alien One works better because of this. Exactly, dude. Dude, I think they both were. They complement each other so well. And them being so unique in that, you know, one's horror-based, one's action-based. It's all the same shit, though. It's all, you know, we're, we're in the same fucking world here. It's the same character. Um, and, and it's the same aliens and shit like that. Dude, I think it works so perfectly. I love it. I, I think that if if you were to do, like, because let's face it, like, there are both elements in, in both. More so, I'd say, maybe, like, a little more horror elements in aliens than the other way around but with that said like i just think that they work both that's why like i'm glad we're reviewing just these two movies because as a pair fucking rocks dude yeah like if we were gonna do a terminator show we wouldn't do terminator three and four no and all one that and two as well yeah i mean we're just doing you know hey listen time's running out man we don't have all day to diddly daddle I'd like to go see <laughs> Neighbor Rooney. I'd like to. I'd like to see Genesis though. We gotta put Genesis in there too. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Fuck that movie. I know. I, I just was trying to. Did be you nice. think I was serious? I wasn't. I didn't want to be rude to you. There is no movie uh, past Terminator 2, as far as I'm concerned. No, and I agree. And I've watched three a whole bunch of times, but I still, uh, I'm sort of like leaning away from that lately. I don't even bother. So, how about the Jewish chick playing the Puerto Rican chick? <laughs> yeah, how about that? Vasquez. Her name is uh, Jeanette Goldstein, and she said that if you th- just throw some makeup on me, put something on me, and and then I could pull off a Spanish chick. <laughs> and it's and this like, is Jamie's homegirl? Yeah, this is, this is one Jamie, Jamie loves. Okay. Does no, anybody is- know? I mean, do you guys like her? No. I know no, I know a lot of people do, but... No. 
not not only do I not like it, but I'm very curious as to like the number one, number two reasons as to why you hate her. Because I can think of like 50 reasons why I didn't like this character. All right, let's get the top two then. Well, yeah, one, the, the first thing is that she is just way over the top. You know, it, it's just I don't know. It's it's like someone shot her full of testosterone, and right. it's but, like I get it. I get it. You know, you're. You know, you're a bad chick. I get that. You know, but you know, we got it. Settle down. You know, the like, guy even tells like they have to write it on the wall. Like the guy says, "You're a bad chick, Vasquez," or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, he's. Yo, have you ever been? Have you ever been? No, no, no. The other guy. I know. Not, not that part. We said you ever been. No, I know. I know. But I'm. Maybe that I'm that was by a over. Have you ever been confused or mistaken for a man? Mistaken for a man. You know, and she's like, "No, have you?" No, while. That is a funny line where she's like, no, have you? I'm over here going, yeah, I'm sure she has. <laughs> I know, yeah. And that's like the first time he's asking her this. Like, how long have they known each other? <laughs> like, he just came up with that joke. <laughs> and, of course, that's Bill Paxton who, who does that. Now, Bill Paxton, uh, to me, it's a it's a very unique role. And uh, like Jamie said, he I, I can understand how he's semi-annoying but you know what the sad part is sometimes i feel like that's who i'd be in this movie but i do things like that as more of a, a joke and to kind of entertain myself to like talk about things that are you, you should just go with it do you know what i mean mm -hmm. i think that bill paxton is the cliff o'malley of this movie <laughs> no and, and and what i mean is He's he he's over the top just like her in some of his lines. Like, Game over, man. Game over, man. Exactly. But it's fucking Bill Paxton, dude, and it's so good. Like, it's so funny because you talk about over the top performances. There's one that actually works, and yeah, like he may be annoying and over the top in some, you know, in some of the shit that he says. But his is fucking great as compared to hers. Where and dude, I I didn't get that. Like, I, I feel like there's something behind the Vasquez character because it's almost like Cameron saying, "Well, this is the fucking over the top version of of a female action right. hero type of deal that." doesn't work as opposed to Ripley where you know obviously she she is the shit so I wonder if there was that was like a conscious decision it, I'm thinking it has to be right I Dude, mean there's always a chick like that in the army I mean and we just happen to have her on this ship that's all I mean it is what it is like I get it it's a little annoying but you just go with it and she's she turns out to be sort of okay throughout the rest of the movie but Jamie do you think that was she sort of okay yeah she doesn't grate on your nerves for two hours does she which one? Vasquez. She grates on my nerves every time she's on screen. <laughs> That's oh. why I said which one, because I was like, surely you're not talking about her. Surely uh, um, you can't be every serious. Every time she opens her mouth, I can't. She's like a parody. Oh, yeah. You know, she's it's a Saturday Night Live skit. It, it's just, it's, she's, oh. She should be on Aliens. <laughs> yes, Aliens. No, she is. I completely agree. I just, uh, I don't know. I guess I haven't seen this movie enough to the point where I'm really getting annoyed with her. But it might happen. So, uh, now the last guy to be cast in this movie was Michael Bean, the guy who plays Kyle Reese in Terminator. I got a, I got a question for you guys. Is he dead? In real life? I don't think so. No, no, he's not. What dead. happened to him then? Where the fuck is this guy? Uh, he does low-budget movies now. I don't yeah, understand. he's been doing indies and stuff for a long time I, I remember I almost interviewed him and this one of the stipulations was he said he will not talk about Terminator or anything like that so then we passed on it yeah 
Why didn't he want to talk about Terminator? It was during your skeleton crew with Mike. What? Oh, oh yeah, I do vaguely remember that. Damn, we should have just fucking said, yeah, yeah, we'll do it, and then asked him anyways. <laughs> just like we always did, dude, because it was always the publicist saying just that Just like shit. with Linda Blair? Yeah. Yeah, that, oh, yeah right. But I've got these dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I got these dogs, man. <laughs> I don't care about them. Yeah, he was also really good in another Cameron film, one of the few Cameron films I really enjoy, which is... Um, oh, Abyss. Uh, the Abyss, yeah. Um, oh, the Abyss. He's really good in that because he's uh, he plays the are they seals and he's like uh, he gets the, yeah he gets uh, all fucked in the head from the pressure and goes insane and I think he's really good in that. Oh wow, okay, maybe I'll watch Abyss now. Now I'm getting into James Cameron. I'll start watching all this stuff. Abyss is ill, dude. Ill. Yeah. So like I said, Sigourney Weaver asked for a million bucks, and at that time, that was the highest payday for any actress in the world i believe oh wow damn till demi moore came along and took her clothes off and stripped teens <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> and made 12 million bucks that's what she made for that movie yeah damn i jerked off to that so many times as a kid hey does it, it's just me or does sigourney weaver have terrible hair i mean ugh, oh oh my god okay no 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 i hate Dude. it so much i actually like it in the very beginning before they cut it um, because it looks Jamie like goes, it did in the I hate it so much. You could hear the page. I, I, I so do. When we were watching this, I kept saying, I probably said like two or three times, like, why? Why did they cut her hair? I hate it. <laughs> it just looks bad. Dude, it, I, I'm so glad you guys brought this up because this is one thing that's like pissed me off my whole life, dude. Like, I, she, her hair makes me so mad, dude. That. <laughs> It, it, like, <laughs> but it's like, what is that? A perm? Like, I just don't like it. I don't like know it. what it is. It's just, ah, uh, it just annoys me, dude. When I first saw her in Ghostbusters, like, I didn't watch that movie because I couldn't stand looking at Sigourney Weaver. Like, <laughs> they, like, I swear to God, dude. And like, if it wasn't for her getting fucking, uh, you know, down her underwear in the first movie, I'd be, I'd probably completely write her off. I, it's, it's so weird because. That hair is so bad. And I remember when I first watched Alien, uh, you know, a while ago, uh, leading for the show, I only ever saw, I don't know if this is like a normal thing, but I've only seen pictures of Sigourney Weaver in Alien of any sort from part three. So, all right. Like, and by the way, whoever thought of Shanae O'Connoring her ass is a genius because. <laughs> that was the way to go, dude. And uh, but I just gotta say, like when I watched Alien, I was actually thrown off by her hair, and I was like, oh, huh. Oh, well, I guess I guess they do it in part two. So then I put part two on. I'm like, huh. Well, it's shorter, but yeah, it's still there. I guess they do it in part three, <laughs> and then part three starts. Like, wait, why did they take so long? And why have I only seen her shaved head? And it's in like yeah. the freaking third one, but. Yeah, and then I was hoping it'd be still shaved in the fourth one, but it came back. Did Sigourney Weaver have that hair in uh, Cabin in the Woods? I don't think she did. I think it was straight at that point. If she showed up at the end of Cabin in the Woods with that hair, it would have totally taken me out of it. Like, why? Why'd you have to come ruin the world and bring that hair? I forgot she was in Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> yeah, right? It's crazy, right? I'm trying to forget it. Yeah, pff, that's fucked up, Alex. You bite your tongue. 
During that whole trial scene, don't you think it was great to show those pictures of the old cast in the background on the on the the monitor? Because didn't that make you feel? Wasn't that as as like authentic as uh, showing Betsy Palmer at the end of Friday Part Two? Like having right. her really there really sells that entire scene. And it really kind of brings both movies together, right? So I think showing those people really ties the two together, even though they're so different. Um, yeah, and dude, that goes back to what I was saying earlier about the space station shit too. It expands the universe, but it it calls back to the, I guess, the smaller film. I mean, budget wise, but like you know, it's the first film. The first film feels smaller, so it calls back to it and it respects it. But at the same time, it broadens your horizon. It it opens up the world, and and obviously that opens up the the whole action aspect too. So you're more apt to just go with the story, regardless of whether it's horror, action, or whatever. But I think that's a big factor, dude. I think that's huge. Like stuff like that, that's where like a little goes a long way. You know, like a callback like that, seeing shit like that is great, dude. It's like oh, that's perfect. That's all you need. You don't need people coming back to life. You don't need any of that. <laughs> just, just, you know what I mean? Like, just show pictures, uh, give give your respect, and keep it moving. Yeah, just like when little Jamie Lloyd saw the uh, uh, p- production photo of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis sitting <laughs> up. <in> the- <laughs> How did you get that photo? <laughs> so, uh, like, like I said, there are really a lot of similarities to this whole Sarah Connor, uh, James Cameron, Kyle Reese type thing. The Sarah Connor moment in the beginning is her going like I, I joked earlier all this bullshit that you think is so important and it doesn't mean anything that's like Sarah Connor going you me everybody it's gone gone it's all gone and you're gonna get a real bad sunburn if you don't wear two million block get it you know whatever she said like that's almost the same thing I never liked that line by the way remember when Sarah Connor just sits there with a cigarette and the ash is like a, an inch long that's the si- they did the same thing here do you know that shit like that gives me anxiety with cigarettes when it gets that, that ash and I know it's going to fall, dude? I can't stand shit like That's that. You just ashing. What's that? It's called granny ashing. Oh, yeah, exactly. When someone just sits there and lets their cigarette burn down and then it eventually falls off on its own. Oh, that fucking gives me anxiety, dude. <laughs> I don't like that shit. Not to punch a plot hole here, but do you think it's a little convenient story writing that... And, you know, this didn't have to be done. He, he chose 57 years here, so this didn't have to be done. But how is it that this alien outbreak occurs exactly when this chick gets woken up? Nobody had a problem. Yeah. They all roll their eyes when she says, there, there could be hundreds of these things or whatever. Nobody says anything. Nobody cares. Nobody's even heard of it or seen these things. And suddenly she, the character from part one, wakes up and now they're all back in form. I never piece that together, but holy shit, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Right? That's so convenient, yeah. Yeah, no, it is, that. and I brought that up when we were watching. It is just odd, man. But, oh, uh, whatever. So, one of the ways that they show the future uh, is we drink coffee in clear glasses now. <laughs> hmm. Although, didn't in the director's cut, isn't there something in there that kind of gives it a little bit more... Isn't there something that Paul Reiser says about how because of her, that's why they sent the uh, the settlers over there right. to check it out? Right. Because they didn't know about it until her. And so now that because of her, then they sent them over there. And so that's why this whole thing happened. 
Yeah, because they said it was an unsurveyed planet, right? They are on a completely different part of the planet. So they have Uh. not come in contact with that area until she told them what was going on. And so then when she told them what was going on, he sent them over there. And that's when the outbreak happened. But they don't talk. They don't mention that in the in the theatrical cut. Yeah. Well, no wonder why I'm lost then. And I'm lost too because there's a scene later on. It might have just been the director's cut where she confronts this asshole Burke about <clears throat> bringing the specimens back because um, Bishop tells her, "Oh no, we can't kill these face walker uh, face huggers because they." Burke wants him brought back. So she confronts him later on in the movie, and then she says something along the lines of, uh, well, you you had all these people go to this planet, you knew, and this and that. Right. We, we find out in the end that that he's the reason, and that that she like he did it because of her but in the i think in the director's cut there's like a whole scene in the beginning where we find that out that yeah they well it's a parents and two kids they go and he finds the spaceship he goes in it and then the next scene he comes out bangs against the thing and he has a face hugger on him and all hell breaks loose and that's when they go to her and the scene you see where she gives them coffee and stuff like then that happens. That's what you're missing, like I said, with the not seeing the director's cut. So yeah, I that's think new, that's right? one of the scenes. I think that's one of the scenes. I think actually should stay hmm. because now, even yeah. though you do find out by the end, you do find out those things, and it, I guess it, it it isn't all that shocking when you're at that moment when you're watching the film before you get to the end. At that moment, you're going, "Well, that's fucking convenient." Right. And I know you're doing yeah. that because that's what I did. When I watched this movie, I was like, well, that's fucking convenient. And Brian's like, don't you remember in the director's cut there's that scene? And so that's when um, I was like, oh, yeah, well, they should have left that one in. You know, that's one <laughs> oh, thing yeah. Well, why didn't I see in. it now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the other thing that's weird is that the future, it's all this army stuff is still the same color green. I guess that works because it's camouflage, so it sort of will always be that way, I guess. But I was thinking, like, why do they call army clothes fatigues? Like, are they tired or something? Like, why? What does fatigues have to do with clothes? Hold on, I'll, I'll text my buddy who's in the army. He'll know. Like, are they? Is it? Are they? Because they're always worn out looking or something. So that's like fatigued. Like, why are army clothes called fatigues? According to Wikipedia, a battle dress is a type of uniform used as combat uniforms, as opposed to dress uniforms or formal uniform worn at parades and functions. That didn't answer fucking No, it goes on to say, she cut it off. It goes on to say, in American English, the term fatigues is often used, originally being a term for soldiers' work uniforms. Uh, okay. Does that explain it, though? No. I mean, that's not the answer I was looking for. Well, then I know my buddy ain't going to know. Let's see what he says anyways. He's going to have a dumb answer. I can't wait. <laughs> um, but, dude, wait. I, I do like that aspect, though. And I, You know what I do remember from back in the day is when the action figures for this fucking movie came out and the little kid goes, send in the Marines. Dude, yeah. I love that shit. I, dude, I, so I, I'm just remembering this. Holy fucking shit. As we're talking. I had a lot of these fucking action figures. A lot, dude. I don't know what characters. I can't remember, but... You had mine, man! I probably I probably had the Bill Paxton fucking crazy-faced one. Okay. Bring in a... Oh, you got an answer? Yeah, uh, because modern because, battle... Because uniforms... I don't know. Google it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Because modern battle uniforms were descended from the looser, more comfortable work uniforms soldiers would wear when doing menial, non-combat jobs. These menial tasks were called fatigues, French for tiresome. And so the clothes you wear to do these fatigues are fatigues. See, that's the answer. Thank you. What do you guys think about implementing a child into this movie? It obviously is a tie-in to Ripley and her daughter dying. Um, I guess it's, it helps like there's a couple of scenes where the kid... It does build suspense, I guess, when they're in that room and the thing's going after the two of them. Because the kid is helpless, so not only do you have to like fend for your own life, but you also have to like do it for uh. the little kid. Oh, it's like Jamie, having yeah, a get Jamie going. It's like ha- <laughs> yeah, go, go. It's like having a an escort mission in a video game where you yeah. have to right. keep track of some little shit. And does she not remind anybody time. else of, of Ruby Sue from Christmas Vacation? Oh yeah. Every time I see her, I just can't I can't I just keep thinking of Ruby Sue. But Yeah, she actually she was cross-eyed. Did you know that? Until <laughs> <laughs> so she got kicked by the yeah. And then went back together. <laughs> she, uh, she's just, I don't know. She's a bad actress. She's on my nerves. That whole line that everybody loves, that it, if you pay attention to how she delivers that, they mostly come at night, mostly. Oh, that was so <laughs> bad. I sped it up a little bit, but really her, her delivery of that line is terrible. They mostly come at night, mostly. And at the end, when Ripley's like, I'm going in after her, I gotta go back. Fuck that, man. I mean, you've got, what, 14 minutes? Bullshit, you're gonna find that kid and come back in 14 minutes. And now everybody's gonna die because of you? Like, no, you're that kid's gone. Just go, go, oh, go. Oh, by the way, that, that, that <laughs> countdown, that countdown was accurate, too, by the way. The uh, 14 minutes, I did my phone, yeah. Then that is, that is something that uh, I... I do appreciate about this film because things like there are so many times in movies when they're not like say in the piranha one is terrible <laughs> um i mean it is way off and i always count along with them to try to just catch them and yeah. yep. that was that's really cool about this movie but that's why screams awesome when halloween's playing oh god i guess she does but it just it just like you don't even know where she is like you don't know exactly where she would be i mean good on her i guess for doing it and for making it and it's all that but i just am in the whole time going are you out of your fucking mind hey how does it how do aliens choose who they're gonna kill and who they're gonna cocoon like how come so many people get the tongue death punch and then other people uh conveniently because they're bigger parts of the movie they just get carried away and they're fine like i don't understand that why didn't he just kill it might be opportunity. If they can sneak up on you and grab you, then they'll take you and cocoon you. But if you're going to be a fight, if you're posing a threat to them, if you have a big gun or something like that, then maybe they'll just, it's easier for them to take you out. Or if you have big hair, they get intimidated. You got to back off. What about Burke? How come he just got killed? Like he just was standing there with no gun in an elevator and the thing was behind him. How come it didn't just grab him and take him away? Wouldn't we have actually loved to see that? Like, uh, yeah, right. Like what a missed opportunity. You just kill him off screen. Maybe they could smell something in his DNA that they didn't want. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not good for the movie. Like what a missed opportunity. We always (laughs) like to see. (laughs) (laughs) It's not good for the movie. (laughs) This guy gets to be a sleaze, a dirtbag. He tries to get 
Ripley and this kid impregnated with these things, takes her gun out, puts them, breaks the thing over, and he just, uh, I'm just gonna get killed in a second, I'll never really know this even happened. Like, he should have had the same fate as Hatch, or whatever his name is, from part one in the cocoon. How about the, the badass scene where those guns, like the aliens are coming into, you know, where they are, and those automatic guns that just sense them and shoot them, and like, you see the bullets count down. Like, they're... Like, there's so many cool things like that. Like, you got that, and then you got that blip machine, which is similar to the first movie, you know? Like, do, what do you think of, the, of those, like, things as tension builders and stuff? That's pretty good, right? Well, so they brought back the little blip machine, and they did the countdown, too. They did the exact same things, man. Um, I And I think they both work, though. Like, you know, for the action stuff, obviously it works. And then for the tension as well, and especially, obviously, in the first one. In this one, too, though. But I, I loved all that kind of stuff, dude. And, dude, the guns were fucking so badass in this movie. I got to tell you, man. Like, And, you know, I think, um, I don't know how similar it is, but you're talking about counting down and all the bolts and stuff like that. I remember Dread took something from that. Did they not? Maybe it was Judge Dread too, but um, they had those fucking guns where you know it uh, it fit in your hand, like it could only be fired by you, and you can change it up, and it basically has unlimited ammo. I know that wasn't the case in this particular one with the unlimited ammo, but um, I don't know the, the, those guns, like the, those fucking guns that are like, like what would you even call them? Like fucking like no, it's like a smart gun. Like a like yeah. a version of a smart. Yeah, they don't even have to have people there. Yeah, exactly. It's I love that shit, dude. I love and and I love any fucking gun that has a flamethrower at the end. Fucking <laughs> hell, bro. I need more fucking movies of flamethrowers at the end. I'm down with that. Hell yeah. yeah. I am. Yep. Yeah. You got more similarities to Terminator, and it's with the same guy. Like Kyle Reese must, or uh, his real name, uh, Michael B must have been saying. I just did this with you, Jim. Sigourney Weaver is like, you know how, remember when he shoots the alien and he gets acid on his chest, then he pulls the thing off, and then he's like hobbling and she's carrying him around? Is that not the same exact scene at the end of Terminator when Sarah Connor's bringing him around uh, in that m machine like warehouse? Whoa, never thought of that. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Oh, wow. And I'm like, wow, what? I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I don't care. I, that's I, fine, and I love both movies, so I'm good with it. Um, but it's, it's just, it's just so funny. I never noticed that though. Yeah, good call. Yeah. All right, so now let's get to the big queen alien scene. We'll wrap it up. Uh, how do you guys feel about Ripley having communication with this thing? You know, like we said, they're smarter now. Uh, obviously, this thing learns what an elevator does. So it uses it and things like that. But, you know, she, she looks at the queen. She uh, sees her two henchmen coming out of each corridor. It looks like a, like a wrestling arena or something, right? <laughs> like the way that these guys are coming out from the sides. And then Sigourney Weaver looks at the queen and basically shoots the flames to show what I could do to you, I guess, or your eggs. So then, the, then looks at the queen and then the queen tells those two guys to back off they do then she starts walking out and then one of the face huggers start to come out of the egg 
and Sigourney Weaver looks back at the alien like, Oh, you fucked me. I thought we had an agreement. Okay. You don't want to listen. You don't want to play by the thing. Then she goes ahead and rips into these eggs with the flames. Now, do you guys think that was the fault of the queen? Like, why is she going to destroy everything? She should anyway. I'm not saying she shouldn't, but doesn't it all seem kind of odd the way that that whole exchange worked out? Is it the fault of the queen what? That that she did that to the eggs, you mean? No, that the face hugger I was I think he means to... that the face hugger came out. Oh. Yeah, she had, so Ripley acted as if that was like a betrayal of what we just agreed on. I think I totally missed that all together. I didn't even get the I didn't even get the the agreement. Like I think I wasn't paying that close attention at that point. I feel I, like I missed something. I mean like too, I was, but... like I was I was watching the movie, but I wasn't like engaged in it because it was close to the end and I was ready to be done and that was <laughs> and it was irritating me that she was going back to get the kid so I was just yeah, right? like um, I didn't that is really good that now I have to go back and watch that fucking scene thank you <laughs> um, it was <laughs> and now you have to watch it again that's really good though if, if that's in there um, I just missed it but uh huh I just can't think of any world in which you would ever agree, you know, okay, you guys are cool. Right. Um, I'm going to just right. walk out of here now. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, yeah. if you're going there, then the only thing to do is to destroy everything. Right. I would right. think. Yep. I agree totally. Yep. So she goes, she wreaks havoc on this whole area with the queen. Um, Sets fire to all the eggs, starts blasting all the eggs, blasting all the other guys or xenomorphs who are running around. Gets out, then gets to the elevator, goes to the top. The alien sees this take, the, the queen sees this take place. She sees the elevator open up. She looks at it, tilts her head like Michael Myers, hops on the elevator. It opens up, and of course, that's who steps out, the queen. And right there, Bishop comes, saves the day, seemingly. Uh, yeah. They get on the spaceship, um, and it gets caught on something, then it flies away. And they are all set now. So now, this is... I, what do you call that? Like, both Alien movies have false endings. And they're almost identical in, in, the, in some way, you know? Oh, very much so, dude. Very much so. This one's bigger, but it's the same shit. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. This one is far better. Um, you like it? Dude, come on. Like, we already talked about... What the fuck was the alien doing in the first movie? He was just kind of hanging out in the fucking shelf there. And we're wondering, is he sleeping? Is he just too tired to get out and do something? <laughs> is he sleeping? Yeah, we couldn't even figure out what the fuck he's doing in there. And yeah. even after he saw her, he stayed there. You know, like, we don't even, we can't even put this together. He was sleepy. He's just a little baby. Yeah. Well, yeah, hey, listen, that's great that you're a baby, but I need to see something here. <laughs> You know? <laughs> what, hey. what the, well, stop filming the goddamn baby. <laughs> he got tired. No, but dude, I... Take a little nap. Okay. I do like this ending, though, more, dude. I oh, mean, yeah. you know, it's very similar, but I don't think anybody... Th like, here's the thing about the first one. If 
you didn't catch that that the movie wasn't over yet. Like, I, I guess it was somewhat of a surprise, but in this one, not even close. Like, you knew it wasn't over yet because this 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 action movie has basically like had all these see all these great action scenes and all these cool fucking set pieces, so on and so forth. That they you know that they wouldn't end it right there. Like, it was a good ending the way that Bishop came in and all that. That was good. But you knew, you knew it wasn't going to end like that. And then they fucking, like you said, dude, then they bring back that Terminator what? clank. Yeah. I love it. I love it, dude. It's so dun, dun, good. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Hell yeah. You knew it wasn't over because they hadn't reintroduced Chekhov's loading machine. Right. <laughs> oh, Jamie, I'm so yes. glad you brought that up. So... Can I just say this, too? I know Aliens gets this thing where it's like, oh, it's a big action flick and blah, blah, blah. And then they, some people will say that Alien number one is slow. Whatever. We, we talked about that. We, we love that aspect of it. Dude, the beginning of this movie and the introduction of that, uh, of that fucking big thing, is so dope, dude. First of all, when it cuts the fucking door open, I love how perfect that line is and how it connects. Like, it goes all the way around and it watches it, it, it we're all watching it go all the way i love that shit and then it slowly fucking takes the door down and and they come in and shit like that i love that fucking thing and that's considered slow that's not like well you know dan action. there's a story behind that actually is there tell me the budget did not include that door being opened that way with that no that thing that coming all the way that laser type thing going all the way around and it coming off um, Jim Cameron really wanted it there for some reason. He said, I want it like a perfect line, laser beam type thing doing that. And they said, no, we're not doing it. Find another way. So he actually paid out of his own pocket to have that scene in there. What? So, okay. So yeah. there's, oh, wow. So I'm not like crazy for thinking that's a fucking badass little moment then. It, so it was it, worth he, it. It was worth it just because of you saying this on our show. Of course, dude. James Karen did it for me. Thanks, dude. Thanks, brother. Well, dude, like, but I, I love the, that I get, oh, I mean, this, I feel like such a fucking Captain Obvious here, but I love that foreshadowing, too, because I hadn't seen Aliens before I watched it for the show for a long time, and you know that's such a big part of the ending, that seeing that in the beginning was great foreshadowing. I love that. I'm like, oh, that's coming back for later use. Oh, yeah, it was like Flowers for Algernon, man. It was it was amazing. Flowers for who? <laughs> no, nobody knows that reference. I don't get yeah, it. I'm, I'm trying to be like doing smart uh, jokes like that guy on Monday Night Football. Oh, you do by all means. I just ain't going to get him. <laughs> like that his... guy on Monday Night Football. What was his name? <laughs> uh, Dennis Miller. <laughs> yeah. Remember he Remember he was hired for Monday Night Football and he would do jokes that went over everyone's head because they were way too smart. <laughs> dude, I'm, I'm sorry, his dude. His stand-up I... used to be really good. Exactly. I was just going to say, dude, I love old Dennis Miller, dude. I think he's a fucking funny bastard. I'm sorry. Yeah, well, the joke, the reference is uh, the book Flowers for Algernon. Is, it's all about foreshadowing because this guy gets surgery. And then you can see the, the rat uh, named Algernon. He begins to deteriorate. So then you know that the human they did it on, it's eventually going to happen to him. And they all know and they see it. Coming. Ah, yeah, it's gotcha. Awesome. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flowers and shit. Yep. Yep. So, uh, yeah, the famous line, get away from her, you bitch. I believe the line is stay away from her, bitch. This is film class, right? Oh, I'm sorry. Stay away from her, you bitch? What are we in, uh, Scream 2? 
That's exactly what it was. Is that what it was? Hey, yeah, didn't that's they debate? I, I quoted it, and you said it perfectly because you did fuck it up, and, and I, yeah, it was perfect. It was did perfect. I think the end scene is way better. Obviously, much more goes on. It's much more satisfying. It's funny to watch this asshole slide across the floor. I mean, you can't lose. It's all good. Well, I kind of call bullshit on one thing when she when she hits the little fucking uh, vacuum thing there and the right. alien gets sucked down there. You're trying to tell me that she holds on just by wrapping her arm yeah. around a piece of metal? Dude, I'm sorry, but if that alien can <laughs> fucking hold on, dude, I'm sorry. Like, or, I'm sorry, if that alien cannot hold on, dude, you're dead. You're, go you're gone probably way before that fucking, that queen's out. So, yeah, you're done. Oh, cool. yeah. All right, well, that's it. Let's not go too long. Let's be like uh, Jim Cameron and know when to edit ourselves. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> um, Is this the director's cut? <laughs> Yes. In Scream 2, when uh, they say that, does he actually say, get away from her, you bitch? And then Randy says, Yes. I believe the line is, stay away yes. from her, you bitch. Still, is that how it goes? Because yeah. that's wrong. She actually. And because Randy's say, wrong. And that's why I said that. Alex okay. Okay. But, okay. but the, yeah, Randy corrects him, and Randy is wrong, which is a, a, an abomination and probably just loses. How the, did. And, and okay, I thought that's the way it was because I thought I remembered being irritated by that. And how is it that no one caught that and no one fixed that? Right, right, right. Yeah, how does that happen? Believe me. Or was he supposed to be wrong? I mean, was the whole point that he was being wrong? No, no, he was supposed to be right. He's Randy. He knows everything. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. Okay. Yep. No, it was Amazing. I. I that if I ever talk to Ke Kevin Williamson, I got beef. I got beef. Uh, yeah, okay, guys. Well, that's Aliens. Not Alien Part 2 and not... Yeah, never mind. Guys, <laughs> uh, the most important thing that you should think about is that when it comes to the Alien movies uh, and the Skeleton Crew, it is game over, man. Like we said, we're not doing Alien 3 or 4 or Alien vs. Predator or Alien vs. Predator 2 or Prometheus. If anything, we might do the other one, uh, the, the newer Prometheus that's coming out, whatever it's called, Alien Covenant or something. Yes. Yep. Yeah, maybe we'll do that one since we're so uh, into it now, you know. Right on. <clears throat> yeah, well, guys, hope you like these two shows. Uh, we have uh, a couple cool things planned, but uh, we're not exactly set in stone, so I'm not going to advertise anything. And, uh, you know, people have been mentioning about the show coming out weekly, and that's cool and stuff. But I just want to let you know, that might not happen every single week. So don't get that used to it or anything like that. It just happens to be that we have a new excitement and are happy to be here again and just have a new energy and stuff like that. So... You know, and plus we do want to get a lot of stuff done before we wrap it up in October. So uh, that's the reason for it. Also, bro, you got uh, evil episodes. You got Married with Children podcast and you got Cut to the Chase to fucking tide you over. So there's that. Yeah, that too. Oh, and that's the other big thing I want to talk about. Um, just recently, a Cut to the Chase episode came out and uh, we went over uh, the Bates Motel finale because... We don't want to wait too much time, and Dan does all TV shows there, and uh, we didn't want to put it in an alien show, because as you can see, there's almost like two hours already, so we're going to start putting sort of exclusive content uh, on Cut to the Chase that is, you know, 
sort of skeleton crew type stuff. So guys, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, whatever it is that you got to do to make sure you listen to the cuts of the chase stuff. Um, you got to do it because that's where we're going to have stuff that we're not doing here. So, and if you want to hear me talk about it, we just covered it on evil episodes on the episode we recorded last night. So that'll be yep. coming out soon. So yeah, yeah Mike I mean, was being TV a little stuff. bitch last night, Jamie. So I, I asked to trade you in for him. <laughs> He's, he was fucking full of it. So were you, Alex. Both of them were fucking full of it last night. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a great recording. Yeah, wait till you hear the cut to the chase, guys. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Jamie, you got to come on soon, though. I would love to. Okay. It's settled then. Jamie's easy. She'll be on. Yeah. Okay, guys. Well, again, uh, get away from her, you bitches. And remember... You mostly come at night, mostly. <laughs> mostly come out at night, mostly. And in space, nobody can hear how much we suck. Good night. Peace. Jamie, say something. Hurry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Bye, you guys. Now let's get off this fucking planet.